Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast, actual play of the Hell's Rebels Adventure Path. Episode 7. In second edition. Dun, the rebellion dun, dun. continues apace. It's true. Yep, now with weird. a mystery to solve as to what's in these coded documents. The rebellion mm-hmm. is being audio recorded. It will be televised? It will we not be televised. We are in dire need of a bath of some kind, whether it's a trough or river or whatever, but we need <laughs> yeah, <we're> filthy water. <laughs> filthy. Yeah, we're, we're, we're those filthy rebels they always tell you about. You're covered in lice. Cesarite did use prestidigitation, so it's really just the lice that's the problem. <laughs> I need to be cleansed of my sins, well, and by my sins, it, I mean my lice. It's also just that general, like, stink that you get from being near, like, one of those cisterns and stuff, where you just feel grody. Like, you're probably not yeah. actually that gross, but you just feel gross. Oh, you guys were hanging down there for, for a good while. Jordan yes. has extensive stuff. experience hanging around cisterns? <laughs> I had a childhood. In a cistern? Yeah. In a well, cistern? I'm not really. confused. No, but like y'all ever been around like mm. gross stuff and like uh, and then like afterwards you just feel dirty even though you might you didn't touch anything or anything like that like you just feel dirty. Well, no, I mm. get it. I'm just making fun of you. Uh. <laughs> uh. Love you. <laughs> wow. Jordan has worked with his hands a day in his life. Let you count the little click clack click clack of keyboards. I'm sure that's not true. I think you made him pot a plant once. The I did once. <laughs> once. Again, I had a childhood where I did things. <laughs> did you? Did it's you? like he had a life before he knew us, guys. I don't know. Did like he? Before college, I, 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 I wasn't qualified to do the keyboard clacky jobs, and so I had to do other jobs. Yeah, I was raised on a horse ranch for a while, so I don't mm. smell of hay and all the rest of that doesn't bother me. It bothers my allergies, but. When oh, yeah. last we had left our heroes, the Silver Ravens, as yeah. uh, now you actually have Silver Ravens, and so Silver Ravens, perhaps you can be called. We've uh, graduated to full Silver Ravens. We're all just going to play our Silver Ravens now. I'm Raph. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Oh, Could be our code name. Oh, No, because then everybody will know our Raven name. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true, yeah. We're going to have to find like, cool secret. monikers. So the party, having... Uh, delved deep beneath the livery into the secret hideout of the Silver Ravens, or one of their many safe houses scattered about the city of Kentargo, had found that, unfortunately, one, the location was not usable as a hideout for themselves, and two, while they had managed to find some clues pertaining towards the Silver Ravens, they think, unfortunately, all of that is coded. Yes. Which is smart of them, you know, good on them. Yep. Like, yeah, it's it's good, but it makes it more difficult Start for us. Start inconvenient for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it found uh, hundreds of pages of documents mm-hmm. to go through, but unfortunately, they are all coded in a combination of celestial, elven, and you think Strix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The party had successfully secured that, as well as securing six magical silver ravens. Yeah. True. Before... Yeah. I believe packing the uh, the watertight lockbox back up inside of a crate and then mm-hmm. throwing that on Nicolo's shoulders as you'd climbed back out, made your way exiting from the livery. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that's where we'll pick back up. Adria will feed the rats to the dogs. Oh, wait, okay. no. Ra- Adria wants to check the rats to yeah, see if they're okay first before to we, feed you know, to the dogs. Anybody. That was it. Yeah, if they're if they're rabies infected, we'll just take them to the Dotari or whatever and get our reward. But if they're fine, cycle of life. 
I think the thing speculates that they have to be in decent health. Like, you can't just take, like, a sick dog over and get paid. Oh, no, we were talking about the pests. No, we're, no, no, yeah, the sorry, dogs the are rats that we killed at the bottom of the ladder. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Sorry, I misunderstood. Get a couple, you know, little copper pieces for that. Hey, you know what? Coppers matter in this game now. I need to buy know, a right? stupid portrait of what's-her-face, so, like, that might cover it. Oh, that's Buy her with yeah. some rat money. <laughs> with rat money. Uh, Adria looking over the rats. I mean, you don't see any dried foam or anything on them. They're a little mangy in that there's missing patches of fur. That's probably fine. I mean, I, so are the dogs, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, yes. yes. Yep, I, I already so. think about like oatmeal baths for later, but for now, Adria will like toss those rats to the dogs. Very well. You will exit out of the livery, back out onto the city streets of Kentargo. Hmm. Again, you'd set off with the sunrise. It had taken you only about 30 minutes or so to make your way to the livery. Between exploring the outside, exploring the interior, making your way downstairs, Cesare identifying like two magical items, you guys yep. stopping to do numerous medicine checks and such. It's been about an hour or so since then. I and we as did such, it later in the morning. Like dawnish? No. We because several of us had jobs. Well, we had to meet early because Cesare has class in the afternoon. Well, I mean, it's yeah. it's not dawn, though. It's probably more yeah. like, yeah. you know, yeah, like you waited wait until after the morning coffee rush. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll say it's close to about 10 o'clock or so as you exit back out of the delivery back onto the city streets. OK, you guys are real gross. So uh, we better find you somewhere to take a bath, like a trough or the river or uh Somewhere that's not going to mess with anybody's livelihood on account of bringing lice into places is real bad for business. I am familiar with taking a bath, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nicola's like, I too take a bath occasionally. Are we going to split up so you can go home and take a bath, or are we just going to find a place to dunk you? I, I mean, I yeah. prefer to be dunked on account of I don't have a home. Uh, you live with me, and you're not coming to my house like that. Also this. Look, the docks aren't too far from here. We can just go to the river. Fun. Uh, she doesn't say it like that. That was me, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the docks themselves are some distance away, but you aren't far oh. from the river. That is correct. Sorry. Yes, I, you're right. The docks are actually to the north of here. Hey, river. there's only the one bridge, though. So we have to get to the river to cross so we can dunk y'all before we cross the river. Well, it's going to attract less attention if we do it down here, though, than, you know, getting to the bridge first. True, true. Also, Nicolo would probably know from experience, especially living in the Red Roof District, that it would be best to dunk yourselves in the river as far upstream mm -hmm. from the main portion of the city yeah. as yep. possible than mm -hmm. once you start true. getting downstream. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, especially considering... Uh, not just the whole human waste and the disgusting part of that, but also the fact that many of the fishmongers and such, when they're cutting out the insides and throwing all those in the water, they, they that do back that. In the ocean. Yeah, and this area is known for bull sharks uh, as they uh, make their way whoa! from the salt water into the, the river. Maybe Adria could befriend a shark. <laughs> hey, you've been looking for that animal familiar? There you go. You're familiar I'm with it. I'm not that now. kind of druid. <laughs> you probably want to be away from where the chum is. Yeah, true. So, yeah, we should avoid chum. chum. So you all make your way out into the streets. Again, the uh, the city has come alive in full. And you pass dozens of people going about their business. Exactly what that business is, you don't entirely know. Hmm. But coming to or fro. In the Red Roof District, especially considering most of the people in the Red Roof District are the, the working class. It's actually surprisingly quiet here. 
as there's not much industry actually done in the Red Roof District. Mm -hmm. Everyone has left to work their nine to fives in another district. Nice. And so you can make your way quietly through the streets without drawing much attention to yourselves. You pass by a couple of old warehouses, storage areas, a few tenement squares as you make your way closer towards the dock. From here, it's a simple matter of placing the crate someplace where you can clearly see it. I'm sure probably all of you want to immerse yourself just in case those of you who didn't technically get the lice, but we've been in close contact with people that have the lice aren't taking, you know, one or two of them home with you. All right, Raven, you're not going to like this. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Cesare takes her off of his shoulder and makes a quick dunk and then sets her down. <laughs> I will point out that it does require full. Let me double check the exact wording of this. You just said full immersion. Full submersion in water. Yep. You'll basically need to keep her fully submerged for about a minute. A minute? Keep her body fully submerged, her head out, and just make sure that you're, like, washing her yeah. head off while you're doing so. Long enough for the tiny little lice to drown. Mm. Lovely. You reach the, the area here, find a place to place the crates, climb down the rocky embankment here as the embankment's about you'd say about 12 feet high. There are trails that make their way down. And as you begin to descend down, you can see, you know, some children splashing in the water nearby as it's at least warm enough today as it's getting later on in the year, probably enjoying some of the last times that they can do this before it gets too cold for them to actually go play around in the water. Mm. A few of them cast sideways glances over towards you, but don't seem to really pay much mind. And you can see a few of the old timers sitting on the cliff face actually casting their lines out into the water to see what they can fish from here. Mostly bull sharks. Mostly bull sharks. <laughs> a number of the citizens of, uh, of Red Roof are down here washing their clothes before mm. again it gets further downstream and the water is not very good for that at that point. Adria is going to spend 10 minutes so that I can also focus because uh, water is kind of part of my gig. Okay. Yeah. Very well. So I suppose all of you are going out there. I imagine in your full clothing, mm. considering that yes. that might also contain the lights now. Yeah. So you get a couple strange looks from people as you're like waiting out there in clothing. Some of you in armor, like <laughs> dunking yourself into the water. <laughs> if, you know, having this little bonding moment. Adria standing off towards the side. If she's spending 10 minutes, then Cesare is going to use prestidigitation to dry himself. <laughs> Very well. But Adria standing out in the water, you know, her hands gently floating along the surface. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while you look over there and there's like a few silver salmon just kind of circling around her. Awesome. You all emerge back out, I suppose, wring out your cloaks and clothing to the best of your ability. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're going to spend the 50 minutes it would take for Cesare to, I think, uh, prestidigitize all eh, of you dry. No. We'll dry no. on the way. Probably not. Though I will have to sand my armor tonight. That'll be fun. Yeah. Oh, that's why yep. I avoid that armor. It's not very good out in the storms either. Eh, well, that, that metal. It's much better than rats biting me left and right, though. I guess that's fair. You ascend back up, collect your crate, and I suppose start heading off into the city. Hey, this crate feels suddenly lighter for no reason. No. No, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> now we hunt down the person who stole our documents. Here's my quest. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Ah, uh, yes. Taking the crate, heading off, you make your way back onto the main street, start heading north, traveling through the Red Roof District until you make your way back to one of the major thoroughfares again. You continue on for some time, still in the Red Roof District at this point, or at the very least, it's 
most of this area. Technically, the Red Roof District is everything. The yeah, wall it's the mostly the southeastern part of the um, the mainland. Yeah. Or no, the island, sorry. The island. Oh, the yeah. island, yeah. You make your way north. Off towards the side, you can see the Devil's Threads, a rather impressive-looking building, or as far as shop front is concerned, with numerous mannequins in the front wearing fine and embroidered clothing. Hmm. I bet that's not selling well right now. Uh, a noble's carriage sits up front, which, again, I'll give this to, uh, to Niccolo more than almost anyone else. Noble's carriages in the Red Roof District are extraordinarily rare, with the sole exception of the Devil's Threads. Mm-hmm. As it is, uh-huh. the proprietor of the Devil's Threads is hands down the best tailor in the entirety of Kentargo. Mm-hmm. Niccolo, you only know the man somewhat in passing. Yeah. Uh, as he is a tiefling, hence the Devil's Threads. Mm-hmm. And for what you understand, he is uh, the primary fiscal donator to the Clovenhoof Society. Mm-hmm. And despite having been given numerous offers for better location, quote unquote, for his store, refuses to move out of Red, Red Roof. Nice. Mm-hmm. Good on him. Which does bring some business to the area. You then make your way through the market square, uh, the Red Roof Market. Market itself is busy, mostly full of, again, the salt of the earth kind of people. Most of the people here are coming to purchase basic supplies. I thought they were normally at the salt market. Uh, 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 I got you. Salt, salt of the earth. I got you. <laughs> But again, most of the people here just purchasing their basic supplies. Oh, are there any pictures of Abigail Thrun for sale? No, this isn't really a place that like any artists do anything. Like everything Mm. here is like, do you need grain? Do you need this? Foodstuffs. You can tell that the the grain merchants are very concerned as they've laid out large tarps underneath Mm. where they're pouring out their grain for bags. Just in case uh, anything spill. (laughs) I'm sure there's like some... Basic ceramics and other housewares too. Yeah, like probably some yeah. ceramics, stuff. housewares, yeah. lots of. Uh, there is a smith here, although the smith primarily deals in making nails and things like that, much more so than anything of a an adventurer would need. You pass by Kellenbers as you continue to make your way. The shop obviously uh, more and more busy as the days come on. As you begin to approach, you can see a couple of uh, carts have been set up out front that are equivalent of uh, food stalls. So if any of you are interested in picking up something for lunch, you're able to do that since it's getting on towards lunchtime at this point. It's probably gonna be cheaper here than on the other side of the bridge, so sure. Yeah. Toss yeah. a copper toward it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a copper piece if you just want cool. a basic something to get you by. Fish I'll spend a couple of copper so I can double my meat on my sandwich. Mm. There you go. <laughs> double meat sandwich. Uh-huh. The Arby's rule. <laughs> yep. We got the meats. <laughs> you stop, grab something to eat, watch over towards Kellenbers. You can see that they're getting a shipment arriving at this point. So you, there's two carts lined up as they're beginning to unload everything. You can see a tall, broad-shouldered man of which I think, Ross, you're the only resident of Red Roof here, correct? I believe so. So you recognize uh, Marisin Kellenber, who is the store's owner and proprietor. Mm-hmm. He's a, uh, a tall, rather gregarious-looking man. Yeah, he smiles, jokes around with the people unloading the stuff, helps them toss down a couple bags. You can see a couple uh, street waifs kind of loitering nearby, and he, you know, teasingly watches them before scooping a couple apples out of a barrel and tossing them over towards the kids. He's a generally well-loved person in this area. I mean, I'll give him a friendly wave. I'm sure I've at least spoken to him. He's uh, he's extraordinarily friendly and very bad with names, so it's basically like everyone is buddy. 
<laughs> greets everyone as they come into the store, but doesn't seem to actually know anyone. Yeah. But, you know, he gives you a mm. smile and a wave, points to a nearby sign that three apples, one copper piece. Mm. Not a bad deal. That's not a bad deal at all, actually. I might have to come back later. <laughs> I suppose you collect yourselves and make your way further north from there. You pass by Pokem's uh, uh, Phantasmagorium which is off towards the side. It's this large building that uh, previously was a uh, collection Magic of attractions, shop? part museum. Mm. I'm getting like a Ripley's, Ripley's Believe It or, it or Not. not kind of yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ripley's Believe It or Not is much. what I was thinking. Uh, it's yeah. been closed for years. Mm-hmm. It has very few unbroken panes of glass left in its windows because children. Mm. But all of these windows have been boarded over anyway. And for what you understand, it's... Well, actually, none of you know who owns this. The Silver Ravens. The city, probably. The Silver Ravens. I was going to say, it would be a convenient spot to set up a hideout, but it's a little too on the main thoroughfare, I think. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) People would probably notice people coming and going. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, From there, you continue to make your way north until you reach Bleak Bridge and begin to make your way across. Bleak Bridge at this time of day, again, getting into the, you don't know what the exact law was as far as stating that there could only be the one bridge crossing the river. Although to be perfectly honest, there's almost nowhere left now that would be a good crossing point other than where Bleak Bridge is that isn't taken mm-hmm. up by docks, wharves, anything mm-hmm. else like that. Mm-hmm. As such, it is both the central thoroughfare, as in the only way to get from one side to the other, as well as one of the city's busiest markets, mm-hmm. which means it is kind of shouldering your way through at this time of day. I'm sure Adria looks over probably a little like, I wish my shop was open right now. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. an assistant for when you're on your adventures. Well, with maybe if we make lots of money. Also, is there any picture, uh, anybody selling pictures of Abigail Thrun? <laughs> <laughs> it's like every place we go. Any pictures? You here? can stop to search around. Uh, it is going to take you probably about an hour to try to like shop around through the shops here. Just shouldering your way back and forth. Go ahead and have Adria make me a uh, diplomacy check. I rolled a three for a seven. Yeah, the couple people that you stop and ask about it have no idea. Uh. (laughs) Why would you want one of those? Maybe this coffee house will have an extra picture of Abigail Throne. (laughs) Oh, or maybe an art student who was just going to be sitting there, like, drawing. Hey, if yes. I was an art student, that'd be a way to make make some money right there. Just, All right, yeah. I'll keep that in Portraits. mind because I've only got, what, three days, so two days to get one of those stupid pictures yep. in my shop. You reach the far side of Bleak Bridge. Of course, they're stopped by the Datari there. Everyone pays your copper piece. Oh, yeah. Of course. Go ahead and mark yeah. off your copper yep. piece. Crossing across Bleak Bridge, you make your way, still heading further north. Now that you're back on the mainland, uh, you pass by Clinch Jaws, which I think Adria is probably the only one familiar with Clinch Jaws. Uh, which is a local tavern. Oh. You're, if you're going to a tavern, this would probably be, be the one that you would treat yourself to. It's the closest mm-hmm. to you. have to pay a copper to get on this side of the bridge, which is the thing that sucks. Yeah. But Clinch Jaws is like the local tavern for... It's the favored watering hole for most sailors. My people. Usually more in the old timers sort of way, but it's also nice. not a favorite watering spot for like naval officers or anything like that. This is like the yeomans and the standard... The real salt uh, of the sailors. earth types. Yeah. Salt of salt the, the water types. Salt of the sea, yeah. Salt of the sea. Salty sea dogs. Salty Making sea your dogs. way by, you're, you're a little surprised to see, like, as you're looking over, you can see that Clinchjaw's standing out front overseeing some men putting in a new pane of glass in the front window. Uh, huh. Judging by the amount of, like, broken glass that some of his people are still cleaning up, it looks like someone is potentially thrown through it 
as it broke Whoa. outwards into the street. Brawls are very uncommon here. I think Adria's going to like step up to him. What happened? Clinchjaw is a big man, mm. considering that Clinchjaw is the actual nickname that he goes by. Though his first name's actually Rinston. The man looks back towards you. A deep glower still plastered on his face. Again, he's about 6'6", give or take, broad-shouldered. He has all the scars and markings from years spent working the lines. Uh, is missing the uh, half of his pinky on his right hand from what mm. you understand was a slipped uh, line while he was working on a, a weller out of uh, Kentargo. Mm. He glances back towards you. Sila. <sighs> uh, mm-hmm. You can just call me Adria. He nods. Oh, another brawl last night. Huh. That ain't very typical. Usually you keep everybody in line. Well, I'm telling people I have a strict rule about political talk in my establishment. Mm. But no, people got to come here and start their crap every single night since that he gestures off towards the west, mm. back in the direction of the docks. <sighs> Ever since the thrashing badger burned down, I'm getting all of their rowdy customers making their way into my establishment. People come here after a hard day fishing, just looking to relax. And they've got to come here throwing around their thrown this and rebellion that. Mm. Some of us are just trying to get by. I hear that. I swear if I have to replace this window one more time, I'm replacing this with brick. He points back in the direction of the window. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I do a little bit of glass work. Let me know if I can help. <sighs> Thank you. Hopefully. He gestures, tapping a hand up towards his necklace where he wears his holy symbol of Gozra. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, this won't be a problem tonight. He kind of turns around, mumbling under his breath. Eighth time I've said that this week. Oh. Every day there's a new proclamation and a new pane of glass. Adria looks <laughs> sad. Lucia, like, I guess we walk p past and then Lucia, like, kind of whispers to everybody. Anybody else feel like maybe having a drink there tonight to maybe make sure that nothing's going down? Feel yeah. bad for the guy. I was thinking that because Clinchaw is a real nice place to be. And if people are causing him trouble, that's really, you know, what kind of heroes are we if we ain't going to stick up for the little guy, you know? I, I mean, if you need famous. some extra muscle, I suppose I could stop by. I don't have a lot of money for boozing. You're pretty scary, though. We'll figure it out. Well, Thanks. I'm, I'm more thinking just, you know, in terms of just being there. Also might be a good place to kind of see what people are talking about, right? Gleaning information would be wise. And being scary is a good thing. It's a not I usually see. the sort of establishment that I would uh, partake in. Maybe dress down a little. I oh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, maybe we'll learn some shanties. We don't need to oh, learn my. any shanties, Raven. What do you do with the drunken sailor? Yeah. A lot what of What do things. you do with the drunken sailor? Avoid them. Oh, oh I, you that ain't no fun. Them in the hold with the captain's daughter. <laughs> I don't think that's part of the song. <laughs> Mind anyway, you, my yeah. sea shanties aren't uh, aren't my most popular songs, but I don't I don't think that's part of it. Nah, probably not. We'll just grab a drink, see what we see, make sure nobody gives any trouble in there. Mm. Whoever burned down the thrashing badger really seems to have uh, stirred some stuff up around here. I wonder if it was intentional. Uh, do, I, do I know if like the thrashing badger was was done in on the night of ashes? Is it one of the places that was burned down? Yeah. Okay. Probably because of all the political talk. Well, it's yeah, it's probably because of the political talk at the thrashing badger they got burned down. Yeah, well, I don't. Because they were targeting jaws. any places where there were any rebellious talk, and I mean, the thrashing badger was probably one of them. 
I know, but the problem is I don't want clenched jaws to be one of them that gets burned down next. Just because the assholes came to his place. We don't need a second night of ashes. Hmm. No, but I mean, it doesn't sound like the Dotari or anybody is really stopping them. Well, sometimes a little peer pressure is the best cure. That's kind of what I was thinking. Not all of the Dotari are, um, okay with what is happening, just for the record. Well, I'm sure there were some nice guys on there, but maybe, you know, everything's going to hell with capital H. Well, then, as you said, um, we can do our part. Mm-hmm. You, supposed to turn, continue to make your way. Yep, keep going. Uh, until this thoroughfare hits a, uh, a crossroads, one road making its way, as many of you are aware, up in the direction of the uh, the road that will take you towards the greens. You pass kind of in the shadow of the large wall that separates the noble district from the common man on the other side. It also helps that they're a little bit up on a hill, uh, not nearly as much of a hill as like Alabaster Academy or the Temple Hill, but still raised up so that they can figuratively and literally look down on the rest of the city. They're also walled off. Also walled off and protected with very thick walls. You make your way past the shipyards, turning, continuing along, past near the war cage, the city's weapon and armor market as you continue along further. That is a cool name. Uh, in the distance in the Eubulus Harbor, you can see the busy docks, numerous ships, including uh, two Chelish galleys, which sit docked and moored, just bobbing mm. gently in the water. Mm. Probably meaning that the docks are currently full of Chelish naval soldiers. Super fun. Do I recognize the, either of those ship names? Uh, you would have to actually go like you can oh, okay. see their you can see their masts from where you are, but you'd need to go down to the docks to actually be able to see the nameplates or anything. Okay. Every once in a while you pass, especially around here, numerous town criers shouting out the new proclamation pertaining towards naval ship captains coming ashore in the city of Cantargo. Yep. <laughs> kind of wonder if that applies to the Ch uh, to the Chalaxian Navy. No, they consider this theirs. Uh, the official wording as uh, shouted out is all non-native ship captains must remain on board their ships oh, and are barred from setting okay. foot on land within Cantargo city limits. Well, boo. Uh, their crew and agents are free to come and go, but their actions are directly the responsibility of their captains, and any crew caught breaking Kentargan law shall have its punishment visited upon the crew members as well as their captain. Any yeah, captain caught it. setting foot on Kentargo is to be punished by squassation. Oh, yes, squassation. <laughs> so much mm -hmm. fun. Learning all you kinds of new torture words. You know how you kill a port city? You kill the port. That is half the city. Uh -huh. About half of half the words of Port City. I mean, but, how much I mean, business do we get from people that ain't native born? Probably a yeah, lot. But I mean, that's the thing, though. Like strangling the city like that—that's just going to make everybody even madder. If you're trying to come up with an excuse to kill a lot of people that ain't done nothing, that's generally a good one. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess your loyalists are going to be the kind that just sit and take it. This is not mm -hmm. the type of conversation we should be having in the middle of the street. I guess so. Just idle thoughts. <laughs> yes, idle thoughts can get you put in jail. Loose lips sink ships. <laughs> hey, nice. Exactly. Very nice. All of you continue to make your way, basically past the shadows of the uh, the towers of the Alabaster Academy, standing tall up on the hill. Distantly, you hear the ringing of the bells as both you know Cesare and Vittoria, I imagine, kind of glance up, thinking about the the class. Uh, it's the bells for the class in, so you're going to guess the students are moving on to a different period. 
Although usually, you know, Cesare, you're up in your tower and you're teaching, and Vittoria, you spend a lot of your time uh, in, in the basement. in the basement where they have the autopsy rooms <laughs> and the uh, surgery uh, theaters. You continue past there, make your way past Villagree Park, which is this large, beautiful park with a man-made lake in the center of it. Fancy. Students are everywhere, wearing their their dove gray uniforms uh, with their off-white, you know, undershirts and their filigreed collars. Most of them, since they're not in class, you know, wearing their uniforms open, lounging under trees, hanging out with one another, a few going on dates, things like that. Now, are these students from the Academy or from Lady DeCour's? Uh, from the Academy. Though, why not both? Could be both. Uh, no, because Lady DeCour's School for Girls has a very strict policy about uh, seeing people outside of school. Mm. Ah. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't go there, so... I don't know no. nothing about that. But uh, on the and on the far side of Villagree Park, you can see the the tall, imposing, although beautifully architectured structure of Lady Decor's School for Girls, sitting quietly, primly, on the other side of the park. You make your way past the students. I imagine not paying them, you know, much heed as they're just making their way about. A few swan boats are rowed out onto the the man-made lake there. Mm. How before nice. beginning to approach the far side and approach a large and just kind of sheer footprint as far as the building is concerned, although it's only two stories tall, building on the opposite side facing towards Filigree Park. On one side you have the park and then there's there's almost a pathway through the park that exits out and then immediately takes you to this coffee house. Nice. The smell of coffee washes over all of you as you begin to approach it and the place has this airy, inviting feel to it. Warring with the smell of coffee, considering that there is the, you know, the Long Roads Coffee House sign and all the rest of that, there's a smaller sign that has been tacked onto the bottom of that that just says Ampersand Bakery. <laughs> and you can just hey. smell the fruits and bread as you begin to approach closer towards it. Excellent. Mm. I'll give this to, uh, to Nicolo, especially. You can immediately recognize the smell of halfling bakeries. As they have a very distinctive, like, they pour on the sweet. So it's just oh glazed pastries and all it's the rest that of that. butter is flavor mentality. Yes. Oh, my <laughs> gods. Butter is life. Um, <laughs> Vittoria? Hmm? Vittoria, do you know if they sell donuts in there? Oh, I'm almost assured they do. If you'll excuse me for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that where they're going? I do recommend the fritter. <laughs> it is, in fact, where you're going, actually, as I suppose as you make your way up towards the door. And, you know, he's just with like our, with right. our giant thing of documents. That's, yes, but making a beeline to the bakery itself probably isn't, you know, exactly what we were going for. But yeah, there's a wide set of steps leads up to the double doors that make their way. And these doors stand wide open. And again, you can just smell this wafting combination of freshly... Not only does it seem like they probably, you know, they make the coffee here, obviously. It smells, you can actually smell the uh, stove where they probably bake the coffee beans to grind up. So there's that just aroma that permeates this place. And as you make your way in through the door, you step into a wide open room with numerous tables. Hmm. Along the left-hand side of this central room, this wide open airy chamber with exposed wood beams overhead and lanterns on each of the tables. You can see that a majority of the tables along one side are, for lack of a better term, human-sized. 
for medium-sized individuals. However, as this is a halfling-owned and run bakery, the tables all up towards the front closest to the windows in the wide open area, area place are all sized for individuals of closer to about a three and a half foot stature, uh, and as such, much smaller chairs up front. Which is none of us. But. Numerous alcoves <laughs> line the wall off towards the left-hand side. Vittoria, of course, you know, just goes to her own coffee house since Pietro's gives her free coffee since she does work there. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that this is really a place that uh, Cesare frequents as much. I don't know. Is this the one all the professors go to? Because you said there was a coffee house that the professors went to and one the students went to. Yeah, Pietro's is more where like the professors and such go. Mm-hmm. Pietro's is more like a Londoner kind of vibe. It's like lots of books up on the walls, mm-hmm. you know, small little alcoves. It's one of those things that has like the kitschy kind of like, oh, well, here's like a, you know, a fish mounted over the fireplace thing and like all the stuff and decorations from their travels. This place feels more like a well-lived-in home. I'm sure Cesare's been here a few times if just for, you know, a donut, you know? Yeah. Well, to be fair, it's, uh, you know, making your way in as far as uh, Lucia is concerned. Uh, Lucia is at the very least passably aware of this place now that you see their logo uh, on the front, which is the road making its way between there. Because even as you make your way in, you can see two people dressed up in like noble livery of a head servant or butler Mm -hmm. or such here to take a pickup of the uh, of sweets or pastries back to the noble section of the city as this is the bakery that most of the nobles go to as well yeah and there's like probably no bakery or anything there unless you're baking it in your house pathfinder doordash so you can see the alcoves off towards the left hand side and uh, you can tell that each one of those are they have the glaring equivalent of like beanbag seats like these really plush seats in there yeah down filled with uh. curtains so you can see like students hanging out in these like these little alcoves where they can like discuss their stuff and pull a curtain to get some degree of privacy it's a little bit louder in here than in I most coffee shops but yeah there's lots of comfort there and uh this is the best place why is it on the other side of the of the bridge <laughs> as you make your way in carrying this like big crate on your shoulder kind of striding in here a number of people look up. Again, you can immediately tell the students, as most of them are wearing their dove gray students' robes. Uh, a few of them kind of glance up, but most of them that are out that aren't in the alcoves are out here, like surrounded by stacks of books, taking up most of a table as they're cramming for some paperwork coming up, with just like this big jug of coffee sitting next to them as they're just trying to get as much information as possible into their brains. I do not miss that from my college days. (laughs) How do you take a picture of me when I was in college? I don't understand. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) I feel personally attacked. As you make your way into the room, a woman from the behind the counter glances over, sees all of you, hops down from where you're going to guess that, uh, judging by the fact that the counter is like leveled for a medium-sized creature, you're going to guess that there's a little walkway built behind there for the halfling staff so that they can you know, look eye to eye with the customers as they come in. She hops down, kind of rushes around the end of the bar. The woman is, you'd say maybe a little bit under three feet. She has a short pixie cut of blonde hair, has a face that obviously is used to smiles as it's been into a wide smile as she approaches you and wears a doublet of brilliant green. And over that, this like dark leather jacket Although she doesn't have her arms through the sleeves, she just is kind of wearing it as a cloak. She beams up at all of you. Uh, this rather plump, although you can still kind of tell just with the way that she moves, still like athletic and fit, 
just with, you know, she's let herself go to seat a little bit, rounds the corner and stares up bright-eyed towards all of you. Oh, well, you finally made it. She smiles, makes her way forward. Adria, my dear, you've never seen this woman. <laughs> Adria's like... Uh, we have a delivery for you. Yeah, honey, we definitely got some stuff, the stuff you ordered. Oh, well, come, let's let's not borrow, bother the people out here. Just just come on, follow me. We'll catch up on old times back in the back. She sure. you know, smiles and begins to lead you around behind the counter where you can see like the halflings kneading the bread and everything. You know, they just kind of glance up towards you. Mm. She leads you around the back through a door back behind the counter into an office back in the back. The office itself is somewhat sparse as far as furniture is concerned. And it looks like she had so many crates, so much for the pantry that it's just kind of bled over into here where you see stacks of coffee beans stacked up taller than she is about the room. Uh, a number of crates as well as a barrel to form a makeshift table. Off towards the side, you can see an L-shaped table sized for a halfling. So close to about like knee level for most of you. A ladder and off towards the side leads up towards the ceiling where you can see a trap door overhead. She smiles, waves all of you in turns around, shuts the door, locks the door, puts the key back into her pocket. Ah, well then, I suppose Rex has probably should have told you to use the back door. Probably. Oh well, I'm Laria, Laria Longroad. She extends Hi. a hand. Pleasure. Yeah. Good to meet you. Nicola will take it too. Rex has also should have told me that there are two half-elves, because he said the half-elves was named Adria, but then there are two of you. So I guess Caden's smiling on us. I chose the right one. <laughs> It was worth a try. It's weird that he didn't say that you were half-elf. It's not like you're hiding it or anything. No, I don't exactly hide my heritage. <laughs> Rexus can get a little bit forgetful whenever he's uh, he's excited, mm. which is uh, what I would describe him as right now. Is there a place I can set this down, by the way? Oh, anywhere in here is fine. Yeah, Nicola just drops it behind him. Is Rexus about? <laughs> he is. Can I have a second to speak with you? Sure. Uh, sure. Of course. Good, good. Feel free to pull up a, a crate or a bag of beans. She smiles, makes her way over, hops up on the edge of her table, kind of turns back towards all of you. Adria kind of leans against the wall. I mean, Lucia will pop herself on a crate. Yeah, Cesare will find a crate that looks sturdy. Vittoria is more of a pacer, so um, she's going to stay standing, but she does pull out her journal and a writing utensil. Nicola's <laughs> never one to turn down a break, but he'll probably just sit on the floor. Well, so... Rex has told me that you're involved in the little uh, dust-up, if you will, yesterday. Unintentionally. Yes. Un yeah, unfortunately. Now, Rexus is an excitable sort, but uh, I'm a little bit more, hmm, how to say? Cautious? That'd be a good way to put it. She kind of glances over Niccolo appraisingly before looking back towards the rest of the group. So, I have a few questions before this goes much further. Fair. What sort of questions? I've talked to Rexus. And I'm interested in helping him. The city needs help. Mm -hmm. However, I need to make sure that we're dealing with the right kind of people here. So, none of you are, uh, how to put it easily. Exactly how wanted are any of you? As far as I'm aware, not I'm not wanted at all. I'm a professor at the academy. I mean, we haven't seen any, like, posters for us, but we've done some stuff. I think she means, do we have a criminal record? Prior to yesterday, no. I do not have you, a criminal record. If you were not arrested, you still do not have a criminal record. I doubt in all Is the works of the riots, many of us would be able to be identified. Mm, unlikely. 
Let me put it this way. You brought a big crate full of stuff here. So I'm going to guess that this, uh, this hideout that, uh, Rexus, that his, uh, she winces a little bit as she glances off, that his mother pointed you towards didn't pay out. No, not exactly. Mm. And you walking through my door, that's not going to bring the Datari down on me, is it? It's a perfectly innocent delivery of goods. Uh, Adria's going to sense motive on her, so I would like to, I guess you're going to roll it, but I would like a a perception check to be like, what is with this lady? Yeah, I would like to roll as well on that. She's just protecting Rexus. I mean, Cesare is not going to worry about it. Adria's like, I just want to make sure because I've dealt with some shady people. Most of the time, they look friendly. Victoria is just a little, probably overly paranoid. Secret checks. Mm-hmm. Secrets. She shifts. So I suppose that you're not going to have a hideout now. At the moment, mm-hmm. it does not look like we have one, though. We, if you're we worried do about find it, ourselves in need of secret lodgings, yes. If you're worried about it, this ain't going to be our hideout. No, why would we hide out here? It's too public. Exactly. Oh, yes. It's very public. It'd be a terrible place to hide anything. Vittoria just kind of smirks in the corner as she looks at her notes. <laughs> Rexus is a good boy, and all of you seem rather capable. I could take the measure of a person rather quickly. I have experience with it. So I'd like all of you to look me in the eye and tell me that you're in this for Cantargo. I mean, Lucio will lock eyes with her. I'm in this for Cantargo. I'm in this for the people of Cantargo, if that's good enough. As am I. Kentago, born and raised. I don't particularly care for people coming in and screwing with stuff that I consider partly mine. I, unfortunately, was not born here, but I've lived here long enough that it is the only home I've known, and I will protect it as well as I can. She watches all of you for a long moment, makes five secret perception rolls since motives. (laughs) (laughs) Before her face just splits into a spile again. Well, that seems like it's good enough for me. She makes her way over, uh, unlocks the door, shouts out to uh, someone out in the bakery. If you'll wait here, I'll be right back. She right. shuts the door again, climbs up the ladder to the trap door, opens that and makes her way, you guess, to the second floor. Although you're not sure if there's a staircase here anywhere. Hmm. Hmm. After a few minutes, she returns back down. About the same time that someone knocks on the door, she makes her way over. Opens that, brings in a tray full of a variety of different pastries, as well as some coffee for all of you, and sets that down on a nearby barrel, taking a mug for herself. That's how you You do hospitality. You are my new favorite friend. (laughs) (laughs) As I I said, try the fritter. And the coffee, this is straight from Arcadia. She holds up a mug before taking a sip. Oh, such a wonderful blend. (laughs) After a second, the trapdoor overhead opens again, and Rexus uh, awkwardly crawls his way down the ladder, since obviously he's not very used to that, and is still wearing, like, kind of robes, and so he's trying to keep his robes from catching as he makes his way down the ladder. Yikes. He smiles as he reaches the bottom. <sighs> I see that everyone made it. Mm-hmm. So We survived, yes. Loria told me that we can have a, a, a brief meeting here. So, uh, what's the situation? He sits down literally on top of the crate that you brought in. It's under you. He hops back up. Special delivery from the Fair Fortune livery. Unfortunately, the place is in very poor repair. We will not be able to use it for our hideout. But that lockbox is full of documents. I don't suppose you speak Strix. Moreover, do you like puzzles? 
I thought these academic types always liked puzzles. I don't know. I don't know any academics aside from Cesare here. (laughs) That depends on the type of puzzle. Mm. Uh, In in answer to your question, yes. uh, I know Celestial, Common, Draconic, Elven, Infernal, Strix. Perfect. We're going to need those skills. Taldane, of course. They seem to be written in some sort of code and the combination of Elvish, Strix, and Celestial. Yes, yes. Once you have the crate open, pulled out of some of the papers. Ooh, this is complicated. He begins to pace as he starts to like chew on um, one fingernail and looks this over. Be- before before you get too far in that also, uh, Adria, I believe, ah, yes. has a gift for you. Oh, yeah. I uh, pull out the raven that's not Ra- uh, that's not Raph and hand it over to him. That would be, uh, I think it's the last one. Vol- Voldren? Voldren. The sleek Voldren. one. It is a figurine of wondrous power. There happen to be six of them. I've heard of these. Dogs and lions and elephants. Mm-hmm. Bears, and oh my. transform in bears. <laughs> how, how does it work? If you speak its name with the intent to call it forth, it will animate. Um, they seem capable of following simple commands, running letters and the like. And that one's name is Voldren. Vol- he stops himself from saying it. Right. You can use it uh, once a day. For several hours at a time, apparently. This must have been how the Silver Ravens communicated with each other. That was our assumption as well. Oh, this is brilliant. He smiles. Okay, so we're on our way. Um, he sets the paperwork down. We'll need to find some place to actually use as a base of operations. And until you are able to decipher that paperwork, I don't think we really have much else to go on at the moment. Loria looks towards the raven. It seems quite the gift that's landed in your lap. Almost as if it's fated to be so. She reaches up a hand as if touching something, but it's underneath her jerkin. Interesting. What is? I sense something a little bit bigger in all of this. Mm. We are kind of hoping to make things bigger, right? These are desperate times, and desperate times call for bold action. Agreed. Well then, I'll be willing to help all of you. And I think I'll be able to be a great deal of help. As stated, as Rexus informed you, my name is Larry Longroad. Tiller. Ah. Oh. Let me see who all... That definitely means something to um, Lucia. hey It means something to Ross, but I don't know if it means anything to Nicola. Yeah, I was about to say, I think... Uh... It means something to Jessica as well, yes. Actually, surprisingly, only Vittoria fell that role. <laughs> wow. So... Poor Vittoria. So, anyway. Failed a role? It happens. What? Fell the society check to It's a secret role, yeah. It's a secret role. Oh, I was about to say, I'm a little surprised by that, um, considering so how I'll, good my society is. I'll go ahead and give that to you all. Anyway, uh, Tiller is a title of a member that's part of the Bellflower Network. Oh, a Tiller is, in right. essence, a runner that leads slaves to freedom. Oh, well, uh, <clears throat> uh, then... I'm going to go ahead and retract my earlier statement and say that maybe uh, you know exactly how to do a secret hideout on account of uh, Tilling. I, d- I don't suppose you have a location that we may borrow. I do, actually. Well, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Everything right. always is. I apologize for giving you, the, uh, giving you the runaround earlier. I have to be very careful about who comes and goes from this establishment, considering what business I deal with and how much the... Uh, the Atari would like to know who I am and where I am. Fair. But fortunately, uh, sitting around directly under their nose is uh, something that I'm kind of used to doing. 
Are you being literal here? Yes. Maybe. <laughs> I'm an associate of the Bellflower Network. As most of you are probably not quite aware of, I may be the last. Almost all of my organization was warned beforehand of the coming attack, the Night of Ashes. They had a few hours warning, probably more than almost anyone else did. We were able to get most of our crop. That's what Attila refers to the halflings that they've taken under their charge as. We're able to get our crops out. Lucia is surprisingly nodding along with this, like she totally has heard this before. We were able to sneak them aboard a ship bound for Corvosa. So fortunately Mm. they should be well and safely away. Good. To my knowledge, I'm the only member of the network that remained. My disappearance would be a little bit too suspicious as I'm only the only one here that has a real public persona, if you will. Right. Will the network be sending new agents to the city or are you on your own right now? They could send new agents if I requested them. But right now with the martial law, with the amount of danger in this place. It's a bad time for that. You may not have your network, but you got us now. I mean, I know we're not like officially with the network or anything, but you know, maybe we could help out. I mean, it's I, true. I got a little bit of a past as making subvert deliveries, you know? I mean, I don't got a ship no more, but I mean, we got some skills. Are you a fellow smuggler? She smiles over at you. Of a sort. It's been a long time. <laughs> been a long, long time. Well, it's nice to know that there's some brains there underneath that, uh, if you don't mind me saying, gorgeous face. Oh, of course. Unfortunately, under Bazilla's, uh, Scorched Earth policy. Most of my information network's been killed, arrested, or run to ground, so Mm. I've basically been left blind as far as being a fixer is concerned. Mm. But I can share some information with you, and I may be able to provide you with a a safe place, a hideout, if you will. Can you also help me find a picture of that stupid queen? (laughs) Oh, I I forgot to mention that she has a four foot tall portrait of her in the uh, the front room. It is I obnoxiously just... large, as if yeah. making sure this place is above yeah. reproach. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you just have to pop over to the castle district. Okay. All right. Oh, we're like, that's on the other side of town. Yep. Well, you know. Yeah, if you make your way to the castle district, there's a, a number of them for sale there in the, uh, the high wall market right in front of the castle. Hmm. They're usually not that too expensive there. I could give you an exact price as soon as I look it up in my conversion notes. (laughs) Uh, That's about 10 silver pieces. So let's talk business then. Right. We want to start talking about the, uh, what I know on the other organizations or uh, I can give you the, the good news, bad news about the hideout. Take your pick. Perhaps the hideout would be a good place to start. Yes. Well, first off, if it's just a couple of you that may need some rooms or if you have any actions that you need to do on this side of the bridge and don't need to make your way back across, I can offer you a bunk room upstairs, a place to stay. All my employees also stay here. Most of them were previous members of the crops until I managed to secure them some paperwork to assure that they wouldn't be uh, scooped up by the Tatari. Gotcha. But I've got some, uh, well, she kind of glances over a few of you. The beds might be a little short for some of you, but I've got a couple of options upstairs. I have a place to stay nearby. I'm fine. As do I. Me too. Me too. Well then, I also have a number of secret tunnels underneath the coffee house. There's an old temple of Kalistra back in the day, and uh, I've been using it for some mm. time. I refer to it as the wasp nest. <laughs> it's a good place, and I've used it to steal or to uh, I've used it to secret uh, hidden fugitives, spellflower tillers, stolen goods, and such. Hmm. Unfortunately. Uh, 
She takes a long sip of her coffee. It's not exactly under my control at the moment. Don't tell yeah, me there are literal that? wasps down there. It's probably something evil, more evil, more evil than a couple wasps. Right before the Night of Ashes came, I had a friend of mine, uh, Nan Comviros. Uh, he was smuggling a load of recent textiles through the tunnels. Uh, there are some tunnels that adjoin my basement. That gives us a, an underground entrance as well. Mm. I see. He had been storing many of them until he could find a buyer and uh, a way to sneak them out of the city. Uh, it's not exactly my usual forte, but uh, it's nice to have contacts where you can. And I've had him be able to smuggle some people alongside his textiles before. Nan arrived uh, days earlier and checked on his goods right after the uh, the Night of Ashes. He hasn't emerged, though. And with the city and my networks falling apart and uh, let's just say a nonchalant facade to maintain all the while, uh, I haven't been able to find the time to follow up with him. I've, uh, hopefully Nan's just laying low, but uh, someone's been eating the food and wine that I've been leaving in the basement each night. And uh, sometimes at nights when I'm downstairs, I can hear... She shudders a bit. It sounds like laughter, but not huh. like a person laughing coming up from under the stones. Right. I don't know what's down there, and uh, well, I'm a, a capable, adventurous sort myself. I'm mostly a baker these days. So I was just hoping some big, strong, sexy heroes would come along and maybe scoop me out of this mess. <laughs> well, I don't know about all of those, but perhaps we can help. We can at least go take a look, see if we can figure out what's down there. Sure, I mean, maybe it's... uh. I mean, who am I kidding? It's going to be something terrible. We might as well get it over with. If it's more Grimples. <laughs> did they laugh? Uh, I don't think the Grimples did much laughing. I think they did a lot of, like, nauseous puking. So. Yeah, more projectile vom vomiting, you know. I mean, it may yeah. just be some other sort of terrible devil or creepy ghost or, you know, who knows what, honestly. Well, Sentence if it's wasps. eating, it must be something alive. So hopefully it's mm. not some sort of undead. It's true. I don't know true. what's down there or what's eating it, but it it laughs and it's able to open a basket to get to some food. So there's that. Mm. She right. digs around at her desk, pulls out a scrap of paper, uh, jots down on this scrap of paper what appears to be a rough map. So you should be able to access the uh, from my storeroom, which is on the other side of this wall. She points at the wall on the far side of the room. There's a ladder that goes down to my uh, dry cellar. So it's a secret room, but it's a secret room that I don't mind if the Tatari find. Then there's a door, a secret door that leads into the actual secret place. Usually if they find one secret, they think that they're done. Mm. So down there, I store a couple contraband things. A few things I'd be fined for, but not arrested, you understand? <laughs> Redundancies, yes. I, yes. That's very clever. Well, I try my best. I've been able to avoid the Tatari for 11 years now, so uh, hopefully we can keep that record going. Mm. Well done. Once you're down there, there's a, uh, a small underwater... Uh, I call it the Stormwater Shrine. It's a little temple area there. There's a, uh, a tunnel that goes out of there. I built a small dock down there. So if you got a gondola, you can actually make your way all the way down through the underwater tunnels back to the river. Nice. It's an old smuggler oh. path. So, Handy. Very much, especially if you need to get in and out or if you need to get anything in and out from here to a, uh, a ship not docked, but moored out in the, the bay. But okay. uh, beyond that, there's a, a room down there with enough... Uh, storage and supplies and such that uh, you can keep a lot of things stored down there and uh, depending on how big this rebellion gets big i would hope so rexus mm. nods and then plenty of room down there for you to put some uh, some bunks down in place at most i've uh, at one time kept uh, 60 halflings hidden away down there under the very nose of the tatari so 
you should be able to squirrel away a few rebels. Hmm. Hmm. Good that to know. Sounds pretty useful. I have to say, it's a pretty nice aesthetic too. Oh, I try. Let's just say I think Kalistra would be uh, would be more than happy with us uh, using it to get a stab back at the uh, mm. the worshippers of Admadeus and Thrun after they kicked her out. Mm. She's a fickle, mm. vindictive one. That one. Yeah, agreed. It's true. That's what I've got down there. Unfortunately, I don't know much more to tell you. I imagine it'd be dangerous, whatever's down there, especially if it killed Nam. Mm. What about this information network you were talking about? Well, again, almost all of my contacts and such have dried up, but I can tell you what I know about the uh, the local orders, the, what I can. Of course, that could be useful. She ticks off on her fingers. Well, the Bellflower Network's in hibernation at the moment. Uh, I sent my last fugitive slaves to Verisha aboard the uh, Incubus about four days ago. The Bellflower Network's withdrawing from the city while things settle, so it's possible that if uh, we can manage a rebellion here, we might be able to bring them back, but at the moment, I imagine that most of the leaders would want to maintain a, a low profile right now. Fair. There's Lord Mayor Julia Benilis. I don't honestly buy the government's claim that uh, Benilis fled Cantargo for Arcadia. I don't know about the rest of you. She's either in prison or has been murdered. Murder would probably be... Julia had a lot of friends. And if a person's dead, well, it can be a little bit easier to speak to their ghosts, if you will. Mm. If I was going to bet on anything, I'd say that the pair count Thrun imprisoned her. Or worse, mm. somewhere in the city. From what I gathered, he's a bit of a paranoid sort. And a kind of a hands-on type. A real go-getter, if you will. Yeah, the best kind. Mm. As such, probably wouldn't uh, entrust her imprisonment to just anyone. Ah, a do-it-yourself type of guy. Unfortunately, I don't know if there's anything that we could do to help her right now or even figure out her fate. Not until we manage to get our feet under us. Short of breaking into every single building in the city, I can't think of anything right now, so... The most secure place to be keeping somebody would be Castle Cantargo, right? I mean, it's a little castle. But somebody would probably notice her there. There's so many people that work there. I mean, but isn't there like dungeons and stuff no matter where they gotta this is not the time to be going for big fish we need small fish until we get fat enough to be able to take on the big ones she has a point secret check knowing things is good and knowing is half the battle they probably wouldn't have her at the castle um while the castle has always been under house thrun's control it's woefully understaffed it's a little more than a headquarters for the city guard at this point um, she may be kept in one of the bunker-like towers that we have throughout the city that serve more like barracks and their armories. Hmm. Oh, well, then mm. she could be anywhere. Well, regardless, mm. I don't think that's our first priority. Yeah. No. Lawyer brings up a third finger. Is the Order of the Torrent? I heard they got kicked out. Mm. They're the smallest of the Hell Knight Orders. They've been, uh, Mysteriously silent over the past few weeks, mm. and its leader, uh, Lictor uh, Octavio Sabinus, has gone missing. Yeah, I had one of them new Hell Knights come into my shop a couple days ago, said that uh, we shouldn't expect to see the Torrent around anymore. Oh, that was you. Oh, hmm? sorry, never mind. The Order of the Torrent are, uh, for a Hell Knight order, they're actually pretty respectable. Mm-hmm. They're mostly dedicated to rescuing kidnapped victims or uh, freeing people that have been unlawfully taken. In fact, we've even provided information to him the network has on a couple occasions before, where someone who'd actually been properly freed and had the paperwork and such was was kidnapped by slavers. So they routinely help us fight against the slavers, even. Hmm. Unfortunately, though, no one really knows anything about them. The new group of Hell Knights were brought in by Brazil Thrun, and, uh, well, 
They've replaced them for all intents and purposes. Their charter hasn't been removed, though, which means that they're still an officially recognized order. So lawfully speaking, the Hell Knights couldn't actually be killed, but they may be otherwise occupied. However, Mm. if any of them remain, would they not still have their lawful authority around here? They would, to a degree. I think that's why they're changing all the laws with the proclamations and such, right? They can't stand in the way of lawful actions. Something has happened to them. My nephew is a member of the Order of the Torrent, and we have not seen him since the Night of Ashes. It's extremely unusual. Well, you know, you got to keep in mind that laws protect the people who write them. But uh, Mm. even if you're a lawful Hell Knight guy, if you're not politically in favor... I mean, there's ways to disappear people that ain't just murdering them. That's true. Yes, but perhaps if we could find some of them. Do they have a headquarters that maybe the others ain't using? Maybe we could poke around. Well, they do have a headquarters. Uh, they call it Citadel. They call it Citadel Vrall. It's a townhouse located near the castle. Mm-hmm. But from what I understand, it's currently being occupied by the uh, Order of the Rack. Mm. Or watched over, as they seem to be claiming, by the Order of the Rack. Be real yeah. interesting to be a fly on the wall with the Order of the Rack. I don't think mm. any. I mean, I certainly don't have very much experience with them. Uh, I mean, my cousin's a Hell Knight with the Order of the Rack. Not not. He used to be an okay guy, but he's really unpleasant now. He's uh, let's just say very keen on restoring order through fire and brimstone. Ah. So from talking with him the one time, it seems like they're here in force. It seemed mm. like that to me too. Rexus nods. Well, and we don't even know if we if they would be willing to assist us. Oh, no, we should. We, we no. definitely ain't going to be approaching to recruit them. But if we had someone who maybe had a cousin, Adriel looks directly at Lucia now that she knows this, who could, you know, drop off a basket of muffins and there's maybe some sort of thing in there. We can, like, plant some sort of listening situation at some point. Sorry, sorry I, I, I more meant the, the order of the torrent yeah oh i mean they're very much dedicated they were founded in cantargo and are dedicated to the protection of its people they may be willing to assist us but i wouldn't necessarily have them join the silver ravens but having them around may not be a bad idea Mm. an ally if nothing else gotta Mm. find them first well i mean at least them staying out of our way would be helpful i don't think they in our way at all they ain't here if we find the Order of the Torrent, maybe they can do something about the Order of the Rack. Fight Hellfire with Hellfire. I like the idea of that. Seems to just burn more stuff in my opinion, but you know, I ain't the leader here, so we'll try it that way if you want to. If you if you know anything from bacon, a well-controlled fire is a, is a very useful thing. Regardless though, she ticks off another finger. There was the Sacred Order of the Archivists. Yeah, Rexus nods grimly. My primary contact with them was Rex's mother, Portia, but uh, I rarely made use of the order. My association with Portia was more friendship, really, than professional interest. I would sneak in books for her, and she'd provide some uh, contacts for me. Hmm. I often traded tactics and techniques for maintaining secrecy with her, but I never visited their headquarters. I don't know where they were hidden in the city. Rexus nods, possibly under my family's estate, but unlikely. He glances curiously towards Laria, trying to sneak anything in or out, especially, well, anything. Having had to do so before with slaves out of the uh, the noble district is not an easy thing. 
It's very hard for anyone to come or go, especially with nobles constantly snooping over their walls to watch what one another are doing. They're a chatty lot over there. It would be better to place it somewhere in the city. I've heard that it's keeping up with the Jones, right? <laughs> yes, the noble house Jones. <laughs> <laughs> keeping up with the Jagares. Yep. <laughs> she moves on to her other hand. There are the underground religions, though. Shinsen was a local opera singer, a devoted worshiper of Serenre. She ran the uh, Silver Star music shop until it burned to the ground on the Night of Ashes. No one's seen her since. The Cult of Milani's been active in the city as well. They've been operating under the name of the Rose of Cantargo. Unfortunately, from what I understand, their primary meeting place was a, uh, a back room in a place called the Thrashing Badger, which burned oh. to the ground on the Night of the Ashes. Mm. And no one's seen any members of the Cult of Milani since. Mm. We could maybe investigate either one to see if it bears any fruit, but I don't have much hope that they're significant enough or have enough support structure left to provide any aid. Well, mm -hmm. it's obvious that the Asmodeans had some sort of information on all of these secret organizations, considering what happened on the Night of Ashes. The Cult of Milani's base is gone. The Scholar's base is gone. The Order of the Torrent is gone. The primary member of a Church of Sarenre, gone. They also burned down her house where her shrine was. So probably all the other members of the Church of Sarenre there as well. And they would have had to have some sort of contact with someone that knew this information. For hmm. each of these. The problem is... She glances over towards Rexus and gives him a little bit of an apologetic look. The problem is, in many of these cases, these people weren't paranoid enough. They weren't keeping as low of a profile as the Bellflower Network. Even we still lost a number of our warehouses and places just because. But if you draw enough attention to you, then they're able to spend enough time to contact Hell itself to figure out answers. Mm -hmm. They have almost limitless resources. Starting this rebellion is not going to be easy. The best things in life never are. That's what I like to hear. She smiles, swigs back her, the rest of her coffee, which is still piping hot, and pours herself another cup. So then, the Silver Ravens, she hits another finger. I know nothing about. Uh, from what I understand, they're legendary rebels from the Civil War period. I heard something about them fighting a dragon, something about them stopping a doppelganger plot to infiltrate the city, all sorts of crazy things that you'd think from adventurers. Well, from the state of the hideout that we went to, they haven't been around for quite a while. 75 years, yeah. You could also say that uh, the only things the Silver Ravens has, has attacked as far as we know are a couple of Lemurs, some rats, and some Grimples. I can offer <laughs> one bit of useful information. I knew where the Silver Raven's main hideout was. You do? Oh. Well, that's a, a lead to bury, honey. Rexus <laughs> looks up suddenly. Wait, you? she holds up a hand. I didn't tell you because I didn't want you doing something stupid, Rexus. Your mother's dead, and I'm the person taking care of you now. It's true. You could barely come down that ladder, honey. <sighs> a field agent, I think you are not. She glances back towards the rest of you. So the where is this hideout? The Silver Ravens were based out of the Kentargan Opera Hall. Oh. Uh, oh. Is the Opera Hall really? still running? Uh, from what you understand, no. Although supposedly uh, Barzilla Thrune is putting on private performances for himself. Probably, Probably he's on murder plays and things like that. All right. Well, that's going to have to wait for a while then. Well, I can uh, talk to my sister-in-law. She's 
a costume designer. She used to work at the Opera House. She may have seen something odd. Might give us a lead. I mean, I, I worked at the Opera House too, but I mean, I've been to every square inch of that place. I never saw any secret rooms or anything, but then again, I guess I wasn't even trying to look. Here's the exactly. thing. Somebody knew about all these other secret organizations. Somebody came into town. Well, I'm saying somebody, but y'all know who somebody is. And, uh, you know, Night of Ashes. And he, instead of staying in the actual proper castle, he decides he wants to stay in the opera house. That doesn't feel like no coincidence to me. That feels like he knew about the Silver Ravens, even though they're mostly extinct. I mean, now there's six of them or whatever, because they're us. It could just be a coincidence. The Silver Ravens haven't been active in since the Civil uh, War. Laria holds up a finger. What did I just say? You're not being paranoid enough. Not being mm-hmm. paranoid enough. <laughs> she points over towards Adria. On the subject of that, how often do you think that the Thrones have non-redacted history books? Pretty sure they probably have access to all of them. And there is such a thing as being a too paranoid, though, as well. Mm. Constant who vigilance. Writes, whoever writes the history is the one that knows everything, right? If you're looking to do an utter, total takeover, I mean, we've all heard the Silver Raven stories. The Silver Ravens were the symbol of hope. So taking the place that used to be theirs, making sure none of them come back, etc. Feels like a pretty good way to make sure they ain't never coming back. If, if I may, um, taking everyone's thoughts here to the logical next step. There's no way that Paracount Throne could have put all this together in the short period of time he did. This would have taken years of research. Which means that he must have been planning this, Mm -hmm. that surgical strike that he did to remove every threat. The question then becomes... Why? Why? Why did he want to take Kentargo? I don't know if it's so much him, but the House of Throne. Kentargo's always been an outlier. It's never really fallen completely under the thumb of the House of Thrune and the rest of Jiliax. There's a reason the Bellflowers are so active here. It's one of the few places that you can go to that the guard won't immediately turn you over. No, that's, that's a good point. What changed to make them want to come all this way? Uh, so I don't know a whole lot about the Thrunes on account of... I mean... Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who would want to? <laughs> Who would want to? But... Uh, I mean, has he got something to prove? Conquering an unconquerable city, making sure it comes firmly under the boot, that could be something to make a name for himself. I mean, didn't he want to be here? They did just lose a West Crown to the hands of the Glorious Reclamation and the Rebellion. The next most likely place to have something similar happen, Kintargo. So... I mean, it's true, but he must have been planning this for years before that Mm. even happened. Maybe not. You, you don't need to have been planning it for years if you got somebody who's from here who has been, been doing all of this, right? Oh, the Church of Asimodeus has been keeping tabs on all of this for years. It was just a matter of yeah. someone deciding to pull it all together and get the city back under Thrun's thumb before they lose it as well. Lord Mayor Julia would not have been interested remotely in helping the Church of Asmodeus in anything that they're doing here, so they would have never had legal authority. Their hands would be tied. Unfortunately, much like the devils that they worship, they are strong adherents to the law. Mm. Well, that's that downfall. I guess fortunately in our case. (laughs) Yes, I like her. High five. This may just be a case of the Thrones wanting to remind everyone who's really in control of Chiliax. And maybe they thought that Kentago would be relatively easier than retaking West Crown? Well, here's hoping we can prove that statement false. Is there anything in, like, I mean, I don't have lore Kentago or anything, but is there anything about this, like about the city itself that's like super special that's not cultural i don't know 
some ancient structure or something like that. Uh, I mean, hobgoblins used to live here. That's really the only like ancient <laughs> structure this yeah. year. They named the Yulubulus River and we've been stuck with it ever since. At the end of the day, many of these questions are academic. We know what we need to do. Go kill a ghost Mister? in a basement? Well, for starters, yes. Mm-hmm. I was more alluding to our eventual goals, but yes. The ghost wouldn't be eating cheese and wine. Well, I was mostly joking. I don't know what it is. Rex just kind of fishes around in his pocket, pulls out a piece of paper. Uh, I have been reading a couple of books on steps to take to pursue a rebellion. Uh, that's not <laughs> something you read in the books, Rexus. Well, well, what what do you know? I've been his studying historical records pertaining towards rebellions, and I've found a number of points that seem to correspond between the various rebellions. So I think I've made just kind of a, a, a track, if you will, that we can possibly take for a successful revolution. Okay. Cesare the leans back thing, and sips on his coffee. <laughs> <laughs> like, let me see what this youngin's got. Right, right now, we're just seven people complaining in the back room of a coffee house. So the important thing is going to be we can get this if we can get this this wasp nest as uh, Laria says back under our control I've heard people talking even here in the coffee house. People are upset mm. and there are some people that have been talking about well they don't know that they're talking about you but talking about all of you. They've been talking about people needing to rise up and take control. They were talking about the person uh, shouting down the anarchists at the protest. They were talking about the people that stood up and fought for their protection. There are people willing to follow us. And so if we have a place that we can rally them to, we can start to build our numbers. You make a good point. But how do we do that without getting ourselves killed and them killed? Costumes. Laria shakes her head. Again, keep it on the down low. Costumes is going to be something that's really going to draw attention. Yes, if you're going you, to go you're for no the- blackjack. Yes, if you want to go as far as Corvosa is concerned, they're legendary blackjack. But if you want to go for costumes, you're going to want to make sure that you're above reproach before you do that. Hmm. Right now, you're at the point that if someone clubbed you over the head and dragged you off the street, no one would blink twice. <laughs> yep, you have a point. Rexus nods, not portraying ourselves as a rebellion to start with. Mm-hmm. There's a Chelish citizens group. What if, what if we portray ourselves just as concerned citizens? What if you go around and track down supporters and allies, take actions that help the downtrodden, seek uh, outspoken dissidents for support? I have some ideas of where we can start, but we we need a place that we can rally around first. We need Which the Which means nest. we need to clear this place out. <sighs> yeah. One step at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. In the meantime, I, I've, I have some of my mother's old records and... Um, Hopefully, going through those, I can maybe determine where the uh, archivists were based out of. If we could do that, the wasp nest is small, but maybe maybe that will be a larger place that we could claim. Well, and if there's places like this underneath various places, I mean, there could be other places. I mean, we could create a whole network of just small places, right? Make it harder for them to take one place out. I mean, the entire city is built basically on top of the buried ruins of the rest of the old city, so... Mm. There are tons of secret passages and storerooms and such. Although having a centralized uh, a base of operations, if you will, would be a, an important first step. Rexus nods. Actually, actually, it's the second step as far as the bigger. This is kind of a, a midway step. I, I, I have five steps, but we'll worry <laughs> about that later. That's right. One thing at a time. 
Yes. There are sub steps for each of the five steps too, but we'll get into that. It's, <laughs> it's about 32 really, but we'll worry about that at a later time. Why not add an extra 10? Uh, I mean, I suppose we could. 42 seems a little excessive. Look, here's the thing with steps. <laughs> People of people, things are messy. Nothing's ever going to go to plan. So it's great to have, you know, a guidebook or whatever and like a to-do list. But, you know, make sure you don't get too ruffled when that goes goes awry. Okay. But we got to start small so that if we mess something up, it's not so bad. Like when you're learning to do a a move in stage combat, you do it kind of slow. And then you go to full speed so that you don't hurt anybody. Adria kind of smiles at you like, oh, you sweet summer child. <sighs> the rebellions yep. and the civil wars are bloody affairs and they will not go to any sort of plan. Doesn't mean you don't have one, though. Think of it a bit like uh, like baking. But at the very least, it's nice to have the recipe to start with. Yeah, we shouldn't have put the cart before the horse. For now, clear out these tunnels and start from there. And then we will worry about getting more people to our cause. Hey, if we're looking for dissidents, I mean, uh, that tavern ain't a bad place to have a drink tonight, you know? I've already heard some of these students voicing their concerns. Several of them were at the protest. I can keep an ear out for those that I might think are trustworthy. I'm not sure they would say much around a professor, but I am in class with many of them as well. Just be careful, because our enemies will be there, too. Again, I, I hear them every once in a while here, so... Once the time comes, we can check with them and verify it. And once we're comfortable with them, bring them into the know. There are plenty of places to recruit. Mm-hmm. That I'm not worried about. But trustworthy people to recruit. Yes, that will take time, but we'll find people. Well, if you want, I can either I can lead you to the entrance to the, uh, the wasp nest if you feel like you're still up for another uh, another row today. Yeah, sure. I should be fine for it. I'm good. We'll have to make it quick. I can't miss another day of class. Hmm. Well, we'll just go quick then. Nicola shrugs. Are you not? I guess all of you finish up your uh, your tarts and your pastries. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. With gusto. Oh yeah. She leads you from this room, you know, back out into the uh, the entrance hall. You know, back like basically back into the main room. Um, almost no one even looks up at this point, as you're just kind of with the employer going through one employee door, circling around to the other. She does make a point to like, you know, play up a little bit of the, it's like, okay, well, we've got plenty of storage, you know, downstairs. Let me show you the area. We'll see if there's enough room for all the rest of your supplies, like all the rest of that stuff when she's leading Mm -hmm. you over there, Mm -hmm. you know, just to play it up for the crowd. Mm -hmm. Uh, Upon taking you through there, she leads you into a storage room, just a pantry with commonly stored ingredients, a variety of different, uh, uh, I don't even recognize many of these. Hmm. Cardamon, Ah, uh, nutmeg, I know. Cardamon. Uh, Cardamon. Thilu bark? Not sure what that is. That's new. <laughs> Wait, how can there be more than two spices? I don't understand. Yes. <laughs> Halflings like the spicy bread. Yeah, she then slides a uh, a number of sacks out of the way, revealing a trap door. Opens this up, leads you downstairs into the dry cellar, which contains numerous crates of cooking ingredients, sacks of uh, coffee beans, other supplies that uh, are needed to maintain a thriving business. She points towards the far wall from here. Um, I imagine, uh, who has light spells on them real quick? Cesare will cast a light spell and put it on the charm on Raven's collar again. I will cast a light spell on uh, Lucia. Yay. Keep in mind that uh, light spells in general last until the next time you make your daily preparations, by the way. So. Oh, okay. Well, we wouldn't go walking down the street with the lights on because that just seems weird. 
Yeah, but I just, yeah. I just, just so folks know, it lasts all day unless you say otherwise. She makes her way over. Secret check. You all make your way forward past the various crates. If you make your way over to the wall right there, it's just on the back wall. There's a depressible stone on the right-hand side. You push that in, and then you should be able to hook your fingers in and just pull it open. It's just on a hinge with some stones on the front facing. Very nice. I suppose as you uh, begin to make your way over, you know, kind of glancing over the various stuff, Laria nods, makes her way back over towards the ladder. I'll come back down a little bit later, and uh, hopefully I'll hear from you again. Um, real quick, are you aware that um, somebody has been taking things from all of your crates? She pauses with one hand on a rung. Taking things how? Well, if you look, um, small portions seem to be missing from the top of the food in each of these. She glances over. Huh, that wasn't. I guess that means whatever is down here knows where the secret door is and must be making its way out here to steal extra food. Did your friend Nan know about the secret door? Uh, Nan did, yes. So, most likely him, then, if he's our current suspect. Well, it's more that we think he might be dead. Yeah, he would have just come whenever I called. Moreover, whatever or whoever it is, is um, controlled enough to only take what they need and not just eat everything. Yeah. Well, and if you're dead, don't you not eat? Isn't that a thing? Also, Nan has an annoying laugh, but he doesn't laugh like some sort of soulless lunatic. <laughs> well, then. Now, before you well. just said it was laughter. Now you're upgrading it to soulless lunatic. It's unnatural sounding. <laughs> I mean, it could just be the echoes down here, but it makes everything seem a little creepy. Sorry for your, your hideout being a little creepy down here, but uh, eh. hopefully it'll work. Yeah, if nothing else, the information that we've gleaned is telling. Rebels can't be choosers. That's a good point. Except for in who they trust. Mm, That's true. true. Okay, well, uh, let down us go. Into the depths we go. Laurie makes her way over towards the ladder, climbs up. I suppose you depress this and slide open the uh, the secret door here, creating a, a passage leading deeper. As the door scrapes as you slide this open, you feel this cool air faintly tinged with the smell of salt water. Ah, nice. As it just kind of rolls into you. Mm. As it scrapes open, you hear a very distant slosh sound, like water gently lapping up against stone. And under that... Lunatic laughter? (laughs) Adria. You hear a distant sound, almost as if something's stirring, and kind of a distant, almost, doom, doom, doom. And we'll pick it up here next time. Oh, no. I think you're singing the doom song. Interesting. Doom, 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 doom. Well, that would just be very weird. And now there's aliens. I'm singing the doom song. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Hell's Rebels is copyright 2015. Hell's Rebels and the Pathfinder of Interpath are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Find the Path Ventures have converted Hell's Rebels from Pathfinder to Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Conversion notes are available to our Patreon backers at patreon.com backslash findthepath. <laughs>